Tristan, thanks for joining us at Noosa Church's God in Us podcast, where we believe that the God in us is our real story to be told. Our church family is full of incredible people who are living out their faith every day and living lives that are bringing glory to God. Let's hear about the God in us. All right. Good morning, Dominic Sheridan. It's lovely to have you in the studio today. Good morning. (laughs) In the hot seat, as we call it. Yes. So very excited to have you today uh, to discover a little bit more of your story. Um, I feel like I know this latter chapter of your story, which is usually the case for most people, but the earlier chapter, because we haven't known each other that long. So there's um, there's lots to the story that is Dom, and I feel like there's lots of little little um, cool snippets, a bit of French we la la back back there somewhere, <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. So um, tell me about um, where you were born and your childhood. Okay, so I was uh, born in Jersey, the Channel Islands, and uh, a small little town, and and I was raised. Um, my mother and I, after her divorce from my French father, hence the name Dominique, uh-huh. Danielle Henneken, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, which is um, wow. And he was a French chef, and but he was a yeah. It was he was an island, and it was mum ended up uh, we they divorced through infidelity, and so we lived with my grandmother, okay. and um, my mum kept working because she was a single mother then, and. My nan raised me, and and um, I had a beautiful relationship with my nan, and she was a strong Catholic woman, and we went to church every Sunday, and and uh, yeah, she was a big part of raising me in my life. She taught me to knit and oh, knit clothes for my dolls and my yeah. teddies, and I think that's carried with me right throughout my life. But um, yes, yeah, she was a a beautiful woman, and my my initiation to church, I suppose even yes. though it wasn't a very good one as a child. All I remember was running in one door and out the other door several times to get the lollies. Okay. Because <laughs> the priest would stand there handing out lollies. <laughs> so I did that. To try and make the kids behave through the service I or something. Maybe, maybe or... because it was the highlight of my, my day wow. on my Sunday. There you go. Um, so yeah. do you speak French still? Very little. Okay. Yeah, you haven't very, really very kept little. up with it, so... No. Wouldn't say you're fluent. No. But you could muddle your way through the country. I can, actually. There's times when I I have more French in my memory and okay. times when I don't. Yes. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it, yeah. that what sticks with you in your later years mm. and, and what doesn't. So. And no desire to – no desire for it, really. Okay. No. Yeah. So um, when did you end up in Australia then? So it was 1970 when we came to Australia. That's you and your mum? Mum and I, we emigrated. We were 10-pound poms. We flew in (laughs) and we landed in Sydney um, to my dad, to my stepdad. Well, he wasn't then. To the man that my mum courted when she was younger. Okay. And um, we lived with him for six months and... Then they, they, the plan was always for them to get married and then um, we travelled around Australia in his transit van and then came back to Sydney. They got married and then we moved to Queensland. Wow. And how old are you at so this stage? I was 11 and okay. a half. Mm. So you'd have memories of that then? 
Yes, I yes, remember it time. vividly because yeah, wow. uh, I had a bed at the back of the seats and and uh, and they slept down below and so I could see everything and you know we, the journey was we broke down and we it was a great it was a great trip great I remember adventure. it very very well yeah. yeah so you've seen a lot of Australia then in the old days too when the Nullarbor mm, was dirt and yes. there were big um, holes in the ground everywhere that you know Dad's dog ran through and yeah yeah it was a lovely. Was a lovely memory. Yeah, it was a great memory. Yeah, mm. bet. Mm. Yeah, to then go and do the Nullarbor decades later. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Road on and, a sealed road. Yeah, quite a different, quite a different look, isn't it? It, it is so, a different look. Yeah, yeah. I think we An stopped experience. and stayed at the same service station that I got out of the car when the first trip, and Dad was chained. There was the radiator was. He opened the cap and the hot water sprayed everywhere and went all over my face. Mm. And I ran oh, and uh, ran into the service station and she came out with this cream and smothered me in cream and never got a scar from it. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. A, that's a big memory, That's a big memory. Yeah, very big memory. <laughs> yeah. Be. I think it was my mother's issue. Yeah. So. Wow. So then you moved to Queensland and is that, do you move straight to Noosa? Straight to Noosa, wow, straight so to Sunshine been Beach. In actually, Noosa since teenage years. Yeah, yeah. I was twelve. We moved to Noosa. I went to Tawanton State School, mm-hmm. and um, connected with Michael's sister because they'd only yes. just moved. Yes, okay. So we, I, I was very good. We sat together, Lorraine and I. She was new. I was new. We burnt a friendship, built a friendship, not burnt one, um, and then got to know the family because Noosa was small and yes. mum and dad played squash, his parents played squash and we were always sort of there and they built wow. a friendship and so we sort of grew up, I grew up knowing Michael because yes. I was friends with Lorraine and, wow. and stayed at his parents' place and okay. and he would move out and I would sleep in one, you know, because they had lived underneath their grandparents' house and mm-hmm. I would sleep in the top bunk next with Lorraine and the boys would sleep somewhere else and the parents slept in there as well and... Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it were nice growing up years. And yeah, I had a horse back then, and I would. The horse stayed at Tawanton, and I would ride through to Sunshine Beach. And are you serious? Yeah, I would ride from <laughs> Tawanton to Sunshine wow. Beach, and um, Dad had built this little corral, and um, I would leave the horse there, and it would break out, and we'd have to go and find it because <laughs> it was only made by hun- chunks of wood, you know, yes. three by yeah. fours or something yeah. like that. And uh, wow. it was very yeah. So, yes, I remember vividly Michael sitting on my horse at, out the front of his place and he, with his long hair, curly. Long We would hair. have been older. We would have been sort of probably at the 15-year-old age yep. and he might have been 17. Wow. And, yeah, so... There you go. So, or 15. so no sort of um, romantic notions back back that early? Oh, no. No. No, he was... I always thought he was cute, but... He was the big brother, you yes, know. He was totally. kind of like, the and they annoying were big brother, and they yeah. were annoying big brothers. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. It didn't go there. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you finish high school, and then, and then, I floated around for a bit. I actually waitressed. I pumped petrol, okay. cooked food to go overseas. Uh-huh. So then I went overseas. For ten months, yep. and um, went spent some time with my father, which was quite a challenge, because all of a sudden, because you hadn't had much of a relationship with him, 
No, we'd I we when mum and dad went back home, I saw him, but they usually only told him at the end of the holiday because I would only spend a little bit of time with mm-hmm. him. But never really slept over or, you know, from a child I did. Flew over there while we were still there, but when okay. we went back it was only very brief and no sort of formative years. So it was mm. when I went over there it was to spend a bit of time with him, but I was 17 and a half and he thought I was coming back to live under his roof and oh, no. but I had totally different agenda mm. so we clashed mm. big time and um I met a local crew of sort of surfy people on the beach. I worked and cooked and got to know all the sort of new travellers, got to know all the travellers that were travelling. And so hence I met a group of people who were taking a bus down through the France, Spain, Portugal, Morocco oh, and wow. joined that oh, troupe. That and, and it wasn't a bus with seats behind each other. It was sort of there was there were tables and seats okay. facing. So it was a very social bus. Yes. And, and uh, it was actually a great trip. And I bet it was. Got very sick in Morocco. Oh, and really? But um, and then left the bus trip in Lisbon and went to the Canary Islands and spent, got had my 18th birthday in the Canary oh, Islands. my goodness. So on the beach in the Canary Islands. Wow. So it was a camping Guantanamo. And um, I remember waking up on my 18th birthday feeling very sick because oh. I drank too much the night before. Oh. <laughs> but hello, nobody could believe I was 18, turning 18. They thought, you know, that, that way over that side of the world I would have been much older. So yeah. I wasn't uh, living the godly life by any time, okay. any means. Because God's not on the radar for you yet. Well, I always had a God conscious okay. and uh, in that sense or conscience because I my Catholic upbringing was real mm. in a sense. You know, my nan mm-hmm. was real. And mm-hmm. so I carried what I carried of my of my God conscious was morality okay. in the sense of um, wanting to be married, yeah. wanting to have a life partner, yeah. you know, knowing that I would never get divorced because it was a mortal sin. Sure. But it was not the right God conscious, obviously, yes. but that yeah, was my yeah. God conscious. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, because your nan obviously had a real relationship with God. She wasn't just nominal Catholic, French no, Catholic. She had an, yeah. a, a, relationship a relationship with God. With God so it was that you um, saw, that I saw, but didn't know how I could have it. You yes, yeah. So I yep. never knew that. All I really knew was um, Nan's life, which I didn't know was the God character back then, and and I knew that there was a Catholic church, and yep. I, I knew from time to time I went to the Catholic church, and yes. And followed along with the little prayers, but didn't, you know, I didn't have a, didn't I could have a relationship with yeah. God. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. So you're uh, sowing your wild oats for a little I was while. sowing my wild oats. Mm. I definitely was. And, you know, thought my life was pretty good, actually, yeah. until I, I came back to Noosa and, but moved out of home, had a flat, and I was... I was riding horses. I was playing polo cross. Were you? Yes, and I, wow. I loved that because I was living on the coast, and this was a totally different lifestyle. It was the country. Well, by the sounds of it, you could ride from Taunton to Sunshine Beach on a horse. That's so. right. Well, this was totally different. It was, uh, and they were a great bunch of people, and it was nice to meet a different group of people to a surf group of people yes. because you know it's yeah, it's one minded and yeah, and um, it was during this time that I had. A horrific car accident, yeah. and um, 
it was actually on my 20th birthday oh, I had this car accident and um, I ended up in hospital my mum and dad were beside themselves particularly my mum and I was in hospital for eight weeks flat on my back for seven weeks and in the eighth week they said as soon as you can get up as soon as you can walk you can get out well in wow. that week I was up and out but because I'd been flat on my back I had lost muscle but I hadn't really lost any balance because wow. all my life I had done ballet yes so okay. you know I had that I had I had strength and because ballet and then riding I had muscular strength mm. I picked up and but and this left. leaves you with a crushed foot this leaves me with nearly every major bone in my body broken yeah and two fractures in my skull and um, and then rehabilitation. Obviously, I could get out of hospital, but came out on crutches because I was still in plaster. Yeah. And um, so that and would so, have been a long road of recovery then. Yes, it was. So I went home, mum, and you know, mum nursed me back to health. I didn't ride much then. Um, well, I couldn't ride, mm. but I still kept involved with those people when I recovered. Mm-hmm. And rode a bit and strapped horses for other riders, but didn't play myself the game mm. again. So, mm. but it was a great time in my life, and I don't know what the turning point from that was. That's twenty. So yeah, twenty. Do you yet come back into Michael's life, or yes. is it still? And and so you are reacquainted with him then. Well, I came back to Noosa. I actually went to uni. That's what happened. Uh While I was on my flat on my back, it was suggested to me that I try and fashion design because I'd always sewn, hence the Nan thing. Yes. And um, so I applied to go to college and out of 200 applicants, 35 were chosen. I didn't give myself much hope, but I got in. Wow. I um, Yeah. So I went to uni when I was 21. Okay. And... um, and that was a three-year course crammed into two. I moved to Brisbane. Okay. And and um, this is a design degree. Yeah, fashion design degree. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And did very well with it. Yeah. I won four awards for design. And, wow. Yeah. And, um, and loved it. And loved it because I guess it was part of me. But I didn't like the bitchiness that went with yes. the whole, yep. you know, it was yep. a real... So I came back to Noosa, which was probably the worst thing I could have done for my career. Yeah. But, and I wasn't walking with the Lord then either. So it was kind of like at that stage, I had a job in Brisbane and she offered me a job in opening her shop called Knots of Noosa in Hastings Street. So uh-huh. I did my own little thing on the side and then worked for her full time and okay. ran the shop and until such a point as when... It was time to sort of step out on my own. Okay. So, but you were still designing and sewing back then. I was still designing and yeah. sewing then. Yeah. And then my, when I was working for Knots of Noosa, this is when Michael and I connected. Uh-huh. And I think it was around about, I had to work New Year's Day and that was my birthday. So, and Michael, we'd started to sort of, I think his mother had said to him, Dominique's single. And my mother had said to me, <laughs> Michael's signal, <laughs> single. And uh, so... I think it was my birthday. He came to me and we were chatting out the front of the shop because it's New Year's Day. She let me sort of have a champagne out the front of the shop. I don't know how that worked, but I remember that vividly. And (laughs) Michael came along and asked me if I'd make him, design him and make him a men's range of shirts. 
Wow. Yes. Okay. Smart inroad on his behalf. Very, very. Yes, yes. And okay. uh, quite an interesting inroad, actually. It was quite, he's quite ingenious at lots of things, mm. my husband. And um, anyway, he, we started playing tennis together. We found that we had tennis and, and then I, we would have coffee together. And back then we had wine and cheese and, or we'd have coffee and I would make him a cake out of a packet. Little did he know I couldn't cook. (laughs) Fantastic. Well disguised. Well disguised. Yes. Anyway, the relationship grew and we, we found ourselves walking along the beach one night and discussing that we were the kind of person each could marry. And uh, we liked what we saw in each other and... Hmm. Six months later, we were engaged, and wow! Six months later, we were married. Wow! There you go. So, Goodness me! Bang bang! Wow! <laughs> so your best friend becomes your sister-in-law. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. So, so is God back on the radar at at this point? Or? Well, in that last six months, Michael starts to uh, change mm. and search for the Lord and. And um, I thought my life was pretty good and I didn't think I needed anything changing me. So, yeah. But so when the first place he went to, I didn't go to, which he's already shared. But the second place we went to, he said he was going to go to Manor. And my mum worked at the post office and she knew all the people who went to Manor. Okay. And uh, so I thought, oh, I wanna, I'm want i coming. So we both went along to Manor and that's where God really touched me. Yeah, wow. It was, we were standing in the worship service and Rod Tyrrell gave the altar call and I said to Michael, I've got to go out the front. And he said, why? And I said, I don't know. I said, but I've got to go out the front. So out I go and um, Rod Tyrrell comes along and he says, do you want to give your heart to the Lord? And I said, no. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and he said, well, what do you want for then? And I said, just pray for me. And wow. he prayed for me. And when we walked out of that church... We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know about the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God had touched us wow. both and we were it was like we were on a cloud. Wow. We didn't stop yabbling and we were telling everybody about it and it was kind of like and so we were getting married two weeks later. Okay. And so roll on I think we tried to we I think we went actually I think we went to Manor twice together. That might be wrong. But anyway, a couple of weeks later we were getting mm-hmm. married and we but we both had had a touch from God and when we went to the – we decided we would change everything in the Catholic Church because we were getting married. So we chose the, the Corinthians 13 scripture right. as our scripture. Yeah. And we really wanted Jenny and Glenn Watson to be – you know, play the music, but they were sort of booked out. And But the night before when I was making my wedding dress – finishing my wedding the dress. before yeah. you were making your wedding dress. Okay. <laughs> I was finishing it and my, my cousin was up, Leslie, from – Sydney and we're sitting there and I'd been sort of in a quandary because Michael had been changing and his life had been changing but mine hadn't been even though I'd had this touch from God my life hadn't been sort of changing I guess because I I I just was in this sort of pseudo mind of that my life was okay and that I had God where I wanted him and I didn't really need to change but all of a sudden the workings of Michael was changing and I said to my cousin I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I've made a mistake. He's changing so much. And and uh, this is the night before, the night before while I'm finishing off my wedding dress. And, and um, anyway, I don't know what happened with that conversation. But next day I got married and 
And then, then we went on our honeymoon, and the week later, excuse me, we went to um, back to Manor, and uh, Rod did the altar call, and Michael put his hand up, and Rod said, "And you, Dominique?" <laughs> and I went, "Oh, oh, okay." And I stuck my hand up, and <laughs> that sounds like that Rod. was the start Fantastic. of my journey, our journey oh, wow. together. Goodness me! And Michael always joked that I, in the beginning, that I'd get into heaven on the back on on his back, yeah, yeah. piggyback me into heaven. Yeah, that's it. So wow! It was, um, I know that was the start of it. So it was together. I didn't realize it was together it was the same week. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Goodness me! That you yeah. start this journey. So is there a a um, a link then to to who you thought God was in your early days of childhood, growing up with your nan, or is it? Is it different to what you thought or, you know, what are you, what are you wrestling with or reconciling with at this point? I always knew God was with me, okay. but he was far off, you know, like yeah. I, I always felt like I had to be a certain kind of person and I had to have it all right yeah. to actually please God. Right. I think that's what I thought. Yeah. So as we came to God, even though my journey was slower because it was – a bit of a piggyback, if I'm to be honest. Yeah. You know, it was Rod Tyrrell saying, and you, Dominique? Yeah. You know, I didn't yeah. actually say, yes, I want this. Yeah. Um, so mine was a slow journey to begin with, and Michael's kind of went in leaps and bounds. Right. You know, I just got, I followed along. Mm. And, um, you know, we were, I fell pregnant, and, you know, we had Natty as our first child. And so everyone around me was Christian and, you know, follow, you know, and we were all kind of doing the same thing. So mm. I guess I had this God conscious, I had been saved and, but I wasn't, Michael went straight into doing Bible college or a Bible study, but yeah. I just followed along. Sure. And so it wasn't really, I, I couldn't say then my life, my, you know, our relationship changed 180, 180 degrees, but my relationship with God didn't. It pro- it proceeded slowly. Right. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Um, because I had I you know when I look back now I but I know that I had to find my relationship with you know I had to find that for myself. So yes. I can't actually tell you that pinpointed piece. No, because it's it's a gradual thing. It isn't is a it? gradual over the years. I yeah. think as if I look now at the the poignant times in my life yeah. with God. Yeah. They were when I started to step out in faith in dance. Right. And that was that was probably um my biggest my start to my faith journey because all of a sudden I had to overcome is this No, actually I think my first was when I started to speak in tongues. That would have been it because I was prayed for the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and I tested it. I was, I was testing that, um, Lord, this has to be you, you yeah. know. So I must have had some sort of God relationship at that point, and um, so I slowly um, spoke in tongues. Mm-hmm. And every time I did, I would give it to Him and say, "Is this you, Lord? Are you sure this is you?" You know, um, because it's an un- un- not an understood thing. No. So you know, I'd no. come from trying to understand everything. Yes. And, so there's a cautiousness yeah. that comes around it, isn't there? So mm. that was probably the first. That was probably my start of growing. And then my my major leap of faith was stepping out in dance in an area that was totally 
new to me. So what? how did that start? What did that look like for you? Um, it started... Because I guess I had danced before, I don't know, um, it was Tanya Skippen and and Suzanne Stoddard were moving in this sort of area and, and I can't remember if I joined them or what the go was, but um, we I started to connect with them. We were praying together. I think that's how it started. And then um, Suzanne was moving in the spirit and I'd had a prophetic word over me and then I started to connect with them and there was a bit of a push to step out, you know, because I was once again testing it mm. as I didn't want mm. to do something that was in of myself because I had danced and I danced on stage. I, you know, and I didn't want it to be a performance. A performance yeah. I wanted it to be a move of God. Yeah. And so for me, the proverbial tester you know, it had to be right. It had to be God. Not that it was right, but it had to be God, mm. you know, for me mm. to do it. So mm. anyway, that sort of Terry Hurrigan, Terry and Gary were pastors then. And and Terry was um, a great encourager and quite prophetic. And she spoke over my life um, that I would be a pioneer in this area. and And I... I took that on board and gave it to God and continued to move in the spirit. And then I had somehow I got an, um, a piece of paper that told me about a move um, that was an international dance, Christian dance conference happening in Sydney. Mm. And I don't know how I got it, but I knew that God was calling me there. And I had a small family. And so... I said to Michael, I really believe I need to go to this. And he wow. said, well, how are you going to pay for it? <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know, but if God wants me there, I'll have the money. Yeah. And um, at that stage, I was doing little bits of work while I had children at home. And the next day, I had a job for $250, wow. which was my tuition yeah. for the week. So good. And I said to him... There you go. I've got it. Okay, I'm going. <laughs> and I don't know how the flights came in. I don't know whether my mum gave me the money for the flights or how that came, but I know mm. that it was a supernatural yeah. thing, the actual next day yeah. that it happened. And hence I went to Mittagong to join with, for a week, mm. Michael looked after the children. Wow. And I think I had three, I might have had four young ones at that point. And um, I'd never left them. Wow. And I... Stepped on the plane. I actually managed to uh, procure a, a ride down with a friend of mine who was, his parents lived across the road. Mm -hmm. And that was another story in itself. But um, I went to, flew to Mittagong, didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, and I met like-minded people who yeah. were moving in God. Yeah. And I had... We, there were different things we could go to. There was, um, you know, contemporary worship and there was moving heavenly, heavenly dancing. There was lots of different things. Mm -hmm. And uh, Michael at that stage was also, he was 
leading children. He was doing children's ministry. So we were moving totally sort of separate. Mm. I just have to drop that in because it's part of my story. Um, and I went to this heavenly dance session and there was an older couple leading it and it was everything was new you know so it was it was kind of like everything was you just sort of went and you went okay lord you know you do this and mm. and as I was I was dancing up there I was dancing in the arms of my heavenly father yeah. and he held me and he and he waltzed with me and it was the most incredible experience I bet and um it was life changing. Yeah. It was so In that moment you get a touch from God that oh. you've never experienced before. It was incredible. Mm. And it was such a cr- an incredible time. I really thought that God was going to do something in that area and he did. But what he did at the end of that was I was Michael was asking me to join him in the kids ministry. Okay. And I was bucking I oh, didn't I'm not want surprised. to. Yeah. Spending all day with poor children at home. Hello. <laughs> I was bucking and I was didn't want to go there. But in the last um, group gathering that we had in an auditorium, God just did planted this vision in me for children's ministry and worship. Wow. And everything changed. I went into children's <laughs> worship, came back, went into children's worship, did all the movements for kids to learn yeah. the songs by and yeah. uh, and did that for a few years. And also in that time, Jodie came along and we started K-Dance yes. and we, we did that. I also did a ladies group, which was a, a great a growth time and because mm-hmm. uh, it was relying on God. And... Um, yeah, so it was uh, that uh, the heavenly dance, the dancing in my father's arms was just one of those times in my life, and I should have probably said that in the beginning, but now that I can remember, remember, <laughs> I had times in my life where God spoke to me audibly, and one was in the back of the Catholic Church, okay. and it was just after my accident. Wow! And He said to me, "There's more to me than this." Wow. And then so good. another time was when we were married, just married. I think we were married nine months. And in the first six months of our marriage, and hopefully Michael won't mind me saying this, but in the in the next three months, we went through a rocky time. So, you know, we I remember driving down to, to uh, Squash in the car and saying to God, what have I done? I don't know this person I'm married to. <laughs> I think if we were all brutally honest, yeah. we would say there's that point. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I'm saying to God, you know, he's this and he's this. And <laughs> and God said to me, clearly, pull a log out of your own eye. Oh, and I just sort of, it was like slap. a slap. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I thought, okay, Lord. And, um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we came back. Obviously, we've been married 35 years now. So you the got rest, past that's history. This got point. past that yes. point. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's, I have, I love that I have that. Yeah, I think that dancing with God and still moving in the spirit now mm. in my life has taken me to a place of relying on hearing from the Lord. Yes. And, you know, now that my walk is and my journey has grown to this point, mm. um, 
that's the thing that I love the most about my relationship with God is I've always been a simple, keep it simple, silly person, you know, there's the kiss theory. Yeah. But I believe that um, it's still very much like that. Holus bolus, my walk with God is a re- personal relationship with him mm. and his spirit mm. and his son. Mm. And it's it's beautiful mm. and it's what makes me wake up every day and it? yeah. it's what makes me. Yeah. So when you look back over your um, faith journey, do you see um, ebbs and flows or do you see seasons, ups and downs in that that intimacy? Because do you think that perhaps sometimes when we um, – enter into this new relationship with God, we just think we're going to power, it's always going to be powering forward. You know what? Yes, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it, it's true because um, it is, it's, it does ebb and flow. It's not so much ebb and flow, but because we, there's always mountains we've got to overcome in mm. our life because we're human. Mm. Um, I've been over many mountains and around many mountains. Mm. And sometimes those mountains take a while to actually break through. Yes. Yeah. So it your relationship with God and my relationship with God has been overcoming the mountains in my life because we mm. have four beautiful amazing they were children then our young people mm. in our lives mm. and that journey is not your journey is not just yourself your journey yeah. is your your family. Yeah. You know, it's your husband, it's your children, yeah. it's your yeah. relationship, and mm. you and you grow to build relationship. And mm. I'm thankful for that because mm. I love the relationship I have with my heavenly Father, but mm. also that I have with my children mm. and and my husband. You know, yeah. because without a relationship, you you can't see the ins and outs. You can't pour your heart out one minute and then praise him the next. You know, and I think with God, it's it's that simple. If you, it's got to be a journey that's real, and it's got to be a journey that you're not afraid to open up. Mm. You're not afraid to dig deep. You're not afraid to speak it out, because in Christ you can overcome anything, yeah. and you will, yeah, if you want it, yeah. You know, it's yeah. uh, I have overcome many turmoils and, you know, raising children and going through with them what they've been through yeah. and still still journeying with them as adults now and as yeah. friends, you know, yeah. friends in their life. It's uh, I learned, So how have you found the strength time and time again to face those mountains? I have found the strength through my relationship with God and having that as number one, but also having strong people in my life mm. that I can share with, mm. you know, strong people that would encourage me. Um, as I was, you know, in the life when I was um, walking through um, starting the dance journey, I had a woman walking through my life, with my, in my life with me, Suzanne Stoddart, and she stood beside me and we walked and prayed together every morning and it was through a hard time in my life and mm. um, she helped me through, you know. So, And there's been different, you know, and I know that I've had other other strong mm. women in my life mm. and, and I'm thankful for the strong women God's put in my mm. life mm. because they have been able to 
encourage me on my journey to seek deeper, to seek yeah. him, to find my answers in him, to yeah. to um, not to rely on myself but yeah. to rely on what he says. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's yeah. it's not an easy journey at all, is it? No, I think a ju- I think a woman's journey is different to a man's journey. Yeah. And I think we're meant to be different, yeah. you know. We're yeah. called to be di- we have a different role. Totally. And I'm quite happy with that. You know, yeah. I don't need to be a man. The same as my man, my <laughs> husband. I am actually I actually sit really well in the in the role that God's given me yeah. and I I love that my journey is still growing and I know that it'll grow till the day I die. Yeah. And I I love that I don't know it all, that I, every time I face something, I mm. face it with a f- with fresh eyes or with mm. new eyes and mm. say, oh, okay, Lord, you know, I can do that. I learned obedience very early in my walk um, through not doing something God had called me to do. Sure. And yeah. I think that now that's part of my walk. If I hear God's voice and I, or I sense God t- showing me something, telling me something, the response is actually very quick now because yeah. I... I actually love that obedience attitude because it helps you grow, makes yeah. you grow. Yeah. And it it just chafens you. It it keeps you humble and it it just yeah. does something to your spirit that yeah. goes, you know, pushes you in your place, yeah. keeps you in, you know, yeah. seeking after him. Yeah. Yeah. So these days you've got um, your boutique in Tawanton, Dominic Collective. So where's your um, expression of God in your everyday life in there? Because I know that that's important to you. It is. And I really believe that God opened the doors. It was Michael went back to study to become a teacher. And so I worked and I had I managed to get a great job in Hastings Street and worked in there. And I my fashion career with having children had sort of taken a back seat, you know, quite Understandably. greatly. And and um, I'd had a couple of different offers to do, to do work, but I still had little children. So it wasn't until they were all at school that I started to re-look at work again. And after a few different jobs, I, somebody, I was out to lunch with a friend and she said to me, Dom, that, um, the old fabric shop is about, is is um, the lady in there wants to get out. And I said, oh, really? And she said, you should go in there. And I said, oh, I don't want a noose around my neck. Mm. And that was my statement. But I took, <laughs> I came away from that and God planted something in me, in my spirit, that changed everything. I started to think different ideas. And I actually said to Michael, what do you think? And he was all for it. And, Whoa. and I thought, wow. <laughs> because that surprised me. And um, so I sat at the front of the shop in my car and prayed for the shop. And actually over the years, I'd worked across the road and I'd prayed for the shop. And um, But when it sort of landed in my lap almost, I, I thought, oh, no. But, yeah, scary. Uh, yeah. So I got out of the shop and I went in. I prayed that God, if it was to be mine, that I wouldn't have to <coughs> pay for it, that I'd be able to walk into it. Yeah. Um, and I went in there and I spoke to the lady and I said to her, oh, I hear you want to get out. <laughs> um, and she said, yes. And I said, well, I want to get in. And uh, 
I said, so if you're interested, I said, I'm happy to take over the lease. I think there's a bit of groundwork that went on before this to, to actually know that I could do this, yeah. but I, I can't remember that. Yeah. Um, so I said to her, I'll take over the lease and you can just walk out. Um, so we spoke for a little bit and I left and told Michael. And then, and then I had a call from her saying um, that she wanted X amount of dollars to get out. And I and so anyway, I found myself sitting in my car again outside the shop, not outside, <laughs> right outside the shop, praying again that I could have this shop without paying anything. I could walk in. And um, so I, I went in there and I said, and I said, I don't want to buy your shop. I said, there's nothing to buy. I said, but I can help you if you want to get out. I'm happy to walk straight in and take over or renew the lease. And yeah. you don't have to worry about finishing your lease up mm. or do anything mm. like that. I said, anyway, I think a week later I had the shop. Wow. And so I knew God opened the doors. Totally. Yeah, and that was 2009. Okay. And I didn't realise what a big shop it is. Yep. But it's been my heart. God has given me a heart for women. Mm. And I <clears throat> I never really knew that God had given me that heart until I opened my shop. Yeah, wow. I'd always worked in that area and I'd always done my best and I knew I had the ability to dress women. Yeah. But I didn't realise the heart that God had for women and so that now is portrayed in my business because there's, you know, it's not weekly, but it's very close to weekly. I have a lady in the change room who either breaks down or is so, has no self-esteem, that mm. is so mm. broken, mm. that needs mm. a word from God, mm. that needs that encouraging, yeah. uplifting. Yeah. And he always gives me something Unique for that person. How cool is that? Yeah. Wow. Always, he always gives me something. Isn't that incredible? To encourage. Yeah. And to lift up. So my business has grown from word and mouth. Yep. And dressing women. Yeah. And encouraging them. Yeah. And and being In more than just a business, isn't yeah, it? it? You is. know? People obviously are drawn to the God in your business, aren't they? Yes, you know, the fact that they see that there's something different and that's a safe place for them. So. Yeah, I would say so. And yeah. I, you know, I've prayed for different people over the years. I've had women, you know, share their stories and mm. ask them if they're praying people. And mm. however, God's given me an opportunity to. Isn't that great? To actually sh- shed his light. Yeah. Such a privilege, yeah. isn't it? Is it is a privilege, yeah. yeah. It is a privilege wow. that I yeah. don't take for granted. No. Sometimes I flounder in it because I've been there thirteen years now. Yeah. I don't I never flounder in that side of it. But it's the it's the changes that happen, you know, totally. and it's the yeah. changing. Which are constant, aren't they? They are. You know. They are. And and who knows what the next chapter's gonna bring, hey? That's right. That's it. Yeah. We don't know and we that's don't. what keeps us on our toes, I guess, and it keeps does. us trusting in him. It does. So yeah. And he's not closed the doors yet, and I don't sense him closing them. So until no. I do, that's exciting. I'm there. Yeah, yeah. good on you. That's so good. Mm. Wow. Mm. Wow. That's a very exciting story. Thank you for sharing with us today, and um, yeah, sh- sharing with us those moments where, where those pivotal moments where God's shown up and and um, yeah, created such a, a a depth and an intimacy in your walk with Him. So very encouraging. Mm. So thank you, Crystal. Good, beautiful. 
Thanks for joining us today. We pray that you have been blessed and encouraged by the God in Us story that you've just listened to. Can I encourage you that if you get the opportunity, introduce yourself to the teller of the story and tell them that you want to hear more. God has blessed us with each other to do this journey called Life Together.